Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your SmackDown study. This is your SmackDown study for February 4th, 2022. And tonight, tonight was the night of the short matches. My goodness. <laughs> Pretty much every single match tonight was like five minutes or less. It was crazy. I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know why this happened. I think we, we, we might have had maybe one or two matches that went long. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was going on tonight, but everything just was done in a hurry. <laughs> matches anyways. We kicked off tonight with your universal champion, your head of the table, your tribal chief, flanked by the rest of the bloodline. It is Roman Reigns. So Roman and the Usos in the ring, accompanied by the special counsel, Paul Heyman. And then we proceeded to listen to a 15-minute, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, a 15-minute promo from Paul Heyman explaining everything that had happened when it came to Brock, when it came to Roman, talking about the day one match that never happened, and it was really good to listen. <clears throat> he kind of lost the crowd for maybe about the halfway point, but Paul, being the genius that he is, picked up on that real quick, shifted gears and brought them right back now he made the promise that we're never going to hear again him go the reigning defending undisputed etc 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 which is unfortunate because as we all know it's one of his best parts of his introductions but it is what it is he's no longer going to be with Brock and their match at WrestleMania is going to be insane. So we'll see what happens there. After that, we got a surprise as they were about to get ready to leave. Goldberg showed up. Yes, Goldberg. And comes right out, goes into the ring, and says that he acknowledges Roman Reigns. And I was like, wait, what? Goldberg says that he acknowledges him as being his next victim and i'm like ah there he is okay all right now i understand so goldberg doesn't challenge roman he tells roman you and me elimination chamber for that universal championship so finally after two years we were supposed to have goldberg and roman at wrestlemania in 2020 roman was not able to compete back then but we are getting this match now and honestly i like the fact that goldberg keeps wanting to go back to saudi arabia to to make up for what had happened in his match with taker so crowd loves him over there i think this is going to be a fine match it's probably going to be 10 to 15 minutes tops and I definitely see Roman retaining. I, I, I'm not going to lie. If he loses that title, we'll get Brock and Goldberg yet again <laughs> at WrestleMania. Um, and 
if that's the case, then I I will be even more happy that Sam and I decided not to go to this year's WrestleMania. Not because I don't want to see that match. It's just, no, it doesn't need to happen. So Roman needs to retain here. Um, yeah, <laughs> going forward after that, we jumped into our matches. Fight night kicking off on SmackDown as Ridge Holland with Sheamus t- took on Ricochet with Cesaro. And Ricochet using an outside distraction from Sheamus and Cesaro as they were arguing on the back um, next to the commentary table. Ridge getting back in the ring. Ricochet jumps and hits his double knees to Ridge's face and gets the pin, gets the win. So I was like, oh, shit, there you go. Ricochet finally getting some retribution uh, for his, ma- his, uh, his fights that he's been having with Ridge and Sheamus. However... We go to commercial real quick, and I was like, uh-oh. I think we're going to have a Sheamus and Cesaro match right afterwards, which honestly would not be upset with because those two in the ring are always, always going to be good stuff. So when we get back, if we don't get the one-on-one, we get a tag team match. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right, that's fine. So Sheamus and Ridge taking on Cesaro and Ricochet. again. Super quick match, and Ridge gets the pin here on Cesaro. So somebody had mentioned this to me uh, while I was live tweeting the show. They're like, where does this this whole feud go? Like, who, who gets the, you know, who goes over here? And I'm like, that's a great question because I don't know. You have this unfortunate 50-50 booking with Ridge. You have him lose to Ricochet, but then he pins Sorrow. So does that mean that in this whole grand scheme of things that Cesaro is the worst out of all four? Uh, if that's the case, then that's very unfortunate because Cesaro is a world-class athlete and deserves a lot more than what he gets. So I don't know. It's weird. This whole thing, like I understood in the beginning, you're trying to build Ridge. I get that he's new. You want him to look strong. You put him with Cesaro. You put him with Sheamus, and that's a great way to get him to you know some instant credibility. Then he has the unfortunate accident at day one with Ricochet landing on his nose. <laughs> now he has the mask that you know similar to what Sheamus used, and then you have this. He loses to Ricochet, which is fine. That should have been the end of it. You shouldn't have put it into a tag match. If anything, it should have been Sheamus and and Cesaro, and you want to have Sheamus win? Sure, that's fine. You have that 50-50 booking that way, but that actually works because the two tag teams are fighting one another because that's normally how this works. But they throw it together with this tag team, and then you have Ridge get a quick victory over Cesaro, and it's like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it, but it is what it is. Uh, after that, we had more singles action as one half of the Usos, Jimmy Uso, took on one half of the Viking Raiders in Eric. And again, shenanigans on the outside, costing the Viking Raiders, and Jimmy gets a quick victory over Eric. So I'm assuming next week we'll have Ivar taking on Jay Uso because that's 
how it normally should go. <laughs> um, but again, like I said, the quick matches just kept going. And it didn't stop with the next one. Women's action as Aaliyah looking for a three-peat, taking on Natalia. And I do love what they're doing with with Aaliyah. The whole Aaliyah 317 is it's great. They're, they're running it off the whole Austin 316. And it's working. She's over with the crowd. Pat McAfee can't do enough to push her over. It's 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 good. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And she does get the win here as well via count out. So she has three victories over Natalia. One with the obviously the world record pen in three seconds, three point one seven seconds. Then she wins by disqualification and now by count out. We then learn a little later on that Natalia says she's had no legitimate victories over me. So she wants a dungeon style match win by pinfall or submission only for next week. And we will have that. Now, this this is where I think Natalia takes the win. It just it makes sense because and why I say it makes sense, it makes WWE sense. I would love for Aaliyah to get the four, you know, the four victory and just keep running with that momentum. Will it happen? Probably not because WWE likes to do things like this. But I'm going to hold out some hope and we'll see what happens. Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. After that, the Scottish warrior Drew McIntyre makes his return to SmackDown, coming out and says that after the Rumble, he is ready to finish the job that he has with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, which then causes Baron to come out, try to distract Drew as Madcap tries to sneak in from the other side of the ring, but he's met quickly by Drew's sword, and he makes Madcap tell him a Drew McIntyre joke. Now, me being a fan of dad jokes, I actually appreciated this joke that Madcap said. Drew, obviously, not so much. <laughs> and <laughs> Drew takes out Madcap, tells Corbin that he's going to make his life a living hell. And then we find out that at Elimination Chamber, Madcap Moss has the unfortunate duty of fighting Drew McIntyre. So this would be a repeat, I believe, of day one, I think. 
but it already screams that Baron Corbin will be fighting Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Now, me being a Corbin fan, I think that's great because it gives Corbin another chance at WrestleMania moment. For the Drew fans out there, obviously, they think it's a huge downgrade because he's not challenging for a title. They're fighting at WrestleMania. It's two nights, two stupendous nights. (laughs) So they need to fill it with something. So uh, it's a storyline that's been going on for a long time. It's eventually going to end, and it's going to end with Drew McIntyre, Clay Mooring, uh, Baron Corbin through everything. So it, we all know this how this is going to work out. So it's fine. Just just let it happen. So we also find out Sami Zayn will be getting his Intercontinental Championship title match in two weeks on the 18th of February, the night before... They go to Saudi Arabia for Elimination Chamber. And speaking of the Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura getting himself a one-on-one match with Jinder uh, Jinder Mahal in a championship contenders match with Sami Zayn, of course, joining commentary because he's not going to allow Nakamura, he's not going to allow him to just go on without Sami keeping an eye on him. Nakamura does end up getting the victory here. Setting the stage, obviously, for the 18th between the two. I think that IC title match is going to be a lot of fun. Now that Nakamura has been cleared to wrestle, which is why he hasn't been wrestling and defending the title for the longest of times. (laughs) Now that he's back, should be good. And to be probably a banger on SmackDown. We also then find out that Naomi will be getting herself a SmackDown Women's Championship match Against Charlotte next week, although Sonia, I'm sure, <laughs> will find a way to get involved, find a way to screw out of the win. And moving forward after that, this next match, best match of the night. It was the New Day taking on Los Lotharios and major, major props to Los Lotharios. They've looked really good since becoming a tag team. So many near falls in this match. New Day, though, picking up the victory. It's a little bittersweet because of the whole Big E situation. With Xavier Woods going down with injury, obviously them not wanting to do a singles run for Kofi. They essentially floored and killed Big E's singles run, put him right back with Kofi Kingston, and the New Day is still there. Which is fine. The New Day is still a great team, but I feel for Big E. He was really doing well, at least I thought, uh, as champion. And him not getting an automatic rematch is really unfortunate. But we'll see what happens going forward with the New Day if they start to challenge for the title. I don't know how long Xavier Woods is going to be out, so we'll see. After that, we had our main event, which wasn't an actual match, but another segment. Uh, as uh, Rhonda had stated on Raw on Monday, she would be coming to SmackDown and then making her decision on who she would face come WrestleMania. But before Rhonda could come out, the SmackDown Women's Champion uh, Charlotte Flair came out first with Sonya Deville out at ringside. Sonya described or telling Charlotte that somehow Rhonda had spoken with Becky, saying that she would face Becky, and that Becky had reached out to Sonya to tell her that so that Charlotte then could pick her own opponent for WrestleMania. Okay. Charlotte then does the surprise thing and picks 
Sasha Banks. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Charlotte and Sasha, that's going to be a fantastic match come Mania. No problem. However, Ronda shows up like advertised, comes out to the ring, tells Sonya, I don't know who you were talking to, but it certainly wasn't me. And Charlotte, you know, I got a long list of people that I need <laughs> that I need to kick their ass. But you're just going to be first. So I'll see you at WrestleMania and adding other colorful language after that. But yeah, so we have our women's SmackDown Women's Championship match set now for WrestleMania. Charlotte taking on Ronda Rousey. So obviously, if Naomi were to win her match next week, throws the whole thing on its head. So we'll see. But like I said, SmackDown, a lot of real quick matches. New Day and Los Otarios was by far the longest and the best match of the night. So I, I don't understand why this was happening, but it is what it is. So we look forward to next week. See what's going to happen on Raw and SmackDown as we get closer to Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber should be good. I wonder if we're going to have more Elimination Chamber matches or we'll just have the one. So we'll see. Guys, that's the show for tonight. Thank you again for listening, as always. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find this podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring as well. You'd find myself pretty much everywhere at Scardy J Stream. And this podcast can also be found on pretty much every podcasting platform that is out there. If you are listening to a podcast platform that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it, though. You can do all your one stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Thank you so much once again for listening, guys. We truly appreciate you. Most importantly, though, please do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.